Welcome to The House Podcast. We hope today's message resonates with you and inspires you as you grow in your understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. We're glad you're here. series on generosity, okay? What we see is that Jesus, the life of Jesus, is the perfect example of whole life generosity. You know, we're not talking about generosity in just one area, but our lives are called to be an outflow of God's presence to the world around us. We see that Jesus gave to everyone in his life. He lived his life open-handed, not closed. Jesus is the perfect example uh, of what we're talking about these last few weeks, about being generous with his home, being generous with kindness, and being generous in so many different ways. Um, what's cool about Jesus is that he had balance in his life. He got away. He, he retreated. He spent time in prayer and by himself. But the rest of his life was open to serving and to being um, willing to let people into his life, to serve and love others. Now, this week, I want to share on what it means to be generous with our time, okay? I know somebody in the room, especially someone with a variable mortgage, is thinking, oh, man, so glad we're not talking about money today. Um, but, and money is important. You know, uh, money is, is something that we, we want to be generous with, that we want to uh, be open-handed to God with, because we know that if we invest our money in the right places, it can have a kingdom impact. It can have an eternal, lasting effect. Uh, or we can just use it to spend money on ourselves and buy more stuff. But money really matters. But uh, I think our time might be the commodity more precious to us than money. You see, we can get as much money as we want. We can always accumulate more money. In fact, my friends recently won the lottery, okay? So I don't recommend that approach, but it proves my point well that money can be earned. Money can be built up. You can always get a little bit more money, but our time can only be spent, We can only give away our time. We can never get more of it back. So I feel that time might be one of the most important things to be generous with. It's important to be generous with your home, with your money, with your kindness. But it's so, so important to be generous with your time. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm caught in the exact same problem as anyone. If you've ever heard a message like this, when it comes to being generous with time, I feel like we just don't have any more time to give. So to you, I want to kind of pose a counter question. Are you really as busy as you think? Or do you simply need to reallocate some of the time that you've been given every single week? Could we spend less time stressing every single week and more time actually doing and getting the things that have to get done? Could we spend more time preparing ahead and a little bit less time procrastinating? And could we spend more time with people and our family in our lives and less time on our phone? Speaking of our phones, a few years ago, Common Sense Media did a statistic on how much time parents spend on their phone every day. This includes time, uh, not just their phone, actually a screen in general. This includes their time at work, and time watching TV, and of course, time on their devices. And the amount was staggering. Parents, on average, spend nine hours and 22 minutes looking at a screen every day, okay? That's a lot of time. And if you're wondering where your time is going every single day, this might be the answer, our devices. I came across this quote from Edward Tuft. He says this, there are only two industries that call their customers users, illegal substances and digital software. 
I just want to challenge you guys, okay? This week, take a look on your phone, every phone has this, at your screen time, okay? And you will understand the dilemma. We are on our devices way, way too much. This summer, I, I've been challenged by this, this reality in my life as well. And so I've opened up my screen time, you know, got shocked by it, and tried to make some subtle tweaks and changes to how much I'm looking at my device, how much I'm, I'm drawn away from what's going on and looking at my screen. Uh, and I've been using social media a little bit less, and I've had more time in that way, but I still, when I look at those weekly screen reports, I still spend well over 24 hours every single week with my phone open, with an activity going on my screen screen. Guys, I'm a user too. I'm distracted. I'm, I'm often occupied in my mind and with what's going on, not just by, by my device, but my to-do list and my Google calendar, my side hustle. Every week, I feel like my time is so tied up, and sometimes it feels like it's just too hard to be generous with my time. Now, don't get me wrong, there's lots of good uses for technology, okay? I know a lot of us use our phones for work or to encourage someone or to, to love on someone, but overall, I know that I'm on my phone too much, but I still, I still love my phone, okay? I'm an iPhone user, and I am proud of it. Do we have any iPhone people in the house today? Anyone? Not very vocal, okay? Maybe it's lost as people. Okay, where are my Android people at? All right, that's what I thought, that's what I thought. No, I'm not trying to throw shade at, uh, at Android users today. In fact, I'm uh, very well aware, it is very apparent to me, that iPhones aren't actually innovative anymore. You see, iPhones, all, we, all we, they do on their new updates is just take a feature that's already been on Android phones and rebrand it for iPhone. That's all they do these days. I, they're not that innovative. A feature that came out this past year that I recently discovered a few months ago, which I thought was so cool and so new, was called Focus Mode. Do you guys know what I'm talking about, focus mode? Um, that feature, which came out last fall on iPhone, has been on Android phones since 2019, okay? So, no shocker. I was excited to, to try it out, and this spring I, I turned on focus mode, and this notification came up almost every single day. Whenever I was in my car, before I drove, uh, I just turned my car on, and this message would be sent out. I'm driving with focus mode on. I'll see your message when I get where I'm going. I'm not receiving notifications. If this is urgent, reply urgent to send a notification through with your original message. This came up all the time. Every single day, all my conversations were just focus mode, focus mode. And this one time, I was sitting in my car and I texted my friend uh, and he messaged me back right away as I was starting to drive. And he said, Bryce is driving with focus mode turned on. And then my phone responded to him, Matt is driving with focus mode turned on. And it just went back and forth so much. It was like super annoying. So I finally had the guts to turn off this feature. Okay, guys, I'm no longer using focus mode the way I was. You, but you know what's funny about focus mode? I don't know if you've, you've noticed this, but you can actually go into the settings and select the people we want to disturb us. We can, you know, my wife, yes, she can disturb me. My parents, no, no, no. We can actually, we can choose who we want to disturb us when we have these focus modes turned on. At our fingertips, we can choose who we want to interrupt us and who we want to shut out. Can you imagine if we did this in real life? Like if someone walked up to me and was like, hey Matt, and I was like, sorry, my notifications are turned off. Okay, I'll deal with you later. And they're just saying, they're like, what did you just do? And like, oh, and my red receipts, they're also off. Sorry about that. You know, that would just be kind of silly, a little bit over the top. But I, here's my thought today. Since we do this all the time with our devices, we're always putting it on do not disturb, always putting it on silent. 
I wonder if we've done the same thing in our hearts as well. Are we selective with who we allow to disturb us? Are we really interruptible in our lives? Can a stranger walk up and actually get our full attention? Or are we so busy with our devices, our plans, our deadlines, that we actually don't have any time left for people? We may not go out and say that. You know, no one's going to say, yep, that's me. Amen, brother. <laughs> you know? um, but we live as if we do. We live so distracted, so preoccupied by not having any space or margin in our lives. We're actually sending that message to people unintentionally that we're too busy for them. And we're all so guilty of this. We live in a world where no one disturbs one another and everyone feels alone. Before I go any further today, I just want to let you guys know I'm an optimist. I am a big, the glass is always empty. No matter how bad things get, things can always get better. I love every single movie with a happy ending and I hate movies like Marley and Me, okay? Just can't stand them. All that to say is that I strongly believe that all this media usage, all this distraction is actually setting us up for a great turning point as the church. And that's what I'm excited to talk about today. That means that people nowadays, people on the street, people in your work, people in your family, they're all genuinely longing for true community, for real friendship, for face-to-face -face interaction with no distractions at all, undivided attention. It's what people really crave. In our distracted, digital, and busy world, the best gift we can offer other people is simply our time. I believe that we as a Christian community, as the house, if we actually gave people our time, just as we are, undivided, not with our phone out, not with our schedule out, not looking at the TV, if we actually gave people our time, it could impact their lives so much. Maybe it's an unplanned conversation, a phone call out of the blue. Maybe it's writing a card to a friend who's going through a hard time. If we actually use our time to serve and love others, it speaks so much more volumes now in this culture than it ever has before. And I believe that if we allow ourselves to be interrupted by people, we give people the time of day, that we can have kingdom moments every single day we go. If that resonates in your heart at all, I want to invite you to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus who is always interrupted. Jesus who is always available for people and to be generous with your time. I love the life of Jesus. He's just how he lives. He, was, he had a full schedule. He always had things on the go, but he was always available for people. The life of Jesus models a balance between being busy and yet fully interruptible. And Jesus didn't just live like this. You know, he lived an amazing life, but he also challenged us to live the same way. He also taught this in his life, to go and do likewise, to live as I live. And he challenged people to love others with our presence. And my favorite example of him teaching on this, we find in Luke chapter 10, the story of the good Samaritan. We're going to read the story in just a second, but I just want to share a little bit of context about this story that you may not be aware of. The whole backstory of Jesus sharing this famous parable of the Good Samaritan is that he's just having a conversation with a lawyer. 
You see, a man that was a rule follower, a biblical scholar, stood up and questioned Jesus on what he was teaching, what he was about. See, this biblical scholar, this lawyer, he knew all the right things. He knew everything in the book. He had it all figured out in his mind. But instead of actually living the right way, he was wasting his time debating the scriptures rather than living them. So Jesus reminded everyone there, everyone that was present when the lawyer was arguing with him, that there's just one commandment that matters above all. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God, love people. And the audience heard this and they're like, yeah, yeah, they understand it. But all of them had it wrong. All of them were living lives completely different than this. They did all the love God stuff. They, you know, they went to the synagogue, they went to church, they followed all the rules, they did as many things they thought were the right things to do, but they disregarded loving people. Their lives were so full of self-focus and they weren't turning their eyes on others. They were so busy and consumed with the religious stuff that they might have missed the most important aspect of that devotion, which is just to love others, to be generous with our time. We cannot fulfill the commandment of loving God if we do not make time to love his people. I think we're a lot more like these Jewish people than we care to admit. I think for so many of us, if we realize it, we invest our time in all the wrong places. And that's why the story that Jesus shared so many years ago is just as applicable to us today. I want to read it and then ask you a few quick questions. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped off his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant, or a Levi, walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the Lord said, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. And there's so much in that story that I could talk for an hour. I'm not going to. Um, but you, one really cool thing that, you know, you may, you may sort of be aware of is that the whole audience there, they did not expect Jesus to say a Samaritan came along. Okay? That was like the cliffhanger. That was like the shock moment. The real, original audience would have gasped when even saying the word of the Samaritans came up. Because the Jewish people, especially the religious elite of the day, they saw the Samaritans as a lesser people group, you know? They, they despised them. They didn't want anything to do with them. So to speak of a Samaritan in a positive light was just outright offensive for the people of the day. 
You know, if this was preached right now, you know, if Jesus stood up and spoke to that people group, they would actually just be so offended. They would cancel Jesus, okay? This was just too much. It was too controversial for him. You know, and I just love that Jesus is just out there being edgy. Gotta, gotta love Jesus. But the message is so clear. Would you stop for your enemy? Would you? Would you stop for that person at work who gossips behind your back? Would you stop for that person at work who always gets on your nerve? Would you stop for them? This is my first question for you guys today. Are you compassionate or preoccupied? See, the priest sees the man, walks the other side. The temple assistant sees the man, walks the other side. The Samaritan sees him, and he has compassion. Do we have compassion for people anymore? Do we really have our heart break for what makes God's heart break? I think somewhere amidst the pandemic, amidst the last crazy two years in the world, that all of us might have gotten just a little bit more cynical than we'd like to admit. Somewhere along the lines, I, I feel like some of us might have actually grown this sense of compassion fatigue. You know, there's just so many problems in the world. There's another war, there's another disease, another outbreak, another thing going wrong. Somewhere in our hearts, our hearts might have gotten a little bit cold over the last few years. Where's our compassion gone? In our cynical and polarized culture, it's so easy to look around at the problems and just say, oh, that's someone else's problem. Someone else will deal with this. Someone else will deal with my friend at work. Someone else will deal with that. You see, the priest and the Levite, they were the someone else. They were the most spiritual guys around, and they were right in the path of the person who needed them. But somehow, the busyness of their life or their sense of duty caused them to miss an amazing opportunity to do the most spiritual thing they could, the most important thing they could, help another person on the road. Are we preoccupied with our own schedule? Are we guilty? of the same trap. I want to take a look again at a little bit more of this story and how beautiful it's written. Verse 34 says this, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Is anyone squeamish here? Like at the sight of blood? Just me? Okay. There's a reason why I'm in ministry and not a doctor, okay? Uh, I get grossed out by blood and guts and gore, and I, I'm the guy that like, looks away in the movie scene, you know, when it gets too much. Um, can you imagine being on the road and seeing that, seeing that picture? This is like, just disgusting, half dead, wounds everywhere, sores. This is just, this is gross. This is like Grey's Anatomy kind of stuff, okay? But the Samaritan, he doesn't care. Would you pick up that person, put them in your car? Would you use all the supplies you had for your long desert journey, all your wine, all your olive oil, and pour it over this person to keep them alive? Would you stay up all night to make sure that someone is okay, a total stranger? My second question is this, are you willing or comfortable? You need to know that Dealing with people, man, it can be messy. People are damaged. We all are. 
All of us have flaws. All of us have wounds. All of us have things going on. Are you willing to get close enough to, to repair the damage in people's lives? When I think about this community, man, I know that we could be more like this. I want us to be a community that no matter what people come in here like, bandages, wounds, just as they are, that people don't walk out of here judged, that they feel welcomed. Man, would, could someone come into this church, into your community group this fall, broken and just messed up and feel the love of God through you? That's what I want to see. Outside of these walls, there are so many people that need help. So many people in our community. And I've just been convicted over the last few weeks that like, I personally, I need to do something more for the homeless. Like it's all around town. We can't ignore it. We can't turn a blind eye to it. We're called to be uncomfortable and to address the needs of those around us, to be willing. This takes time. And for you, this may not be like helping the homeless or running a shelter or something really wild, but I just want to encourage you, when you give time to people who need it, now set boundaries, of course. I want to make sure that you're not just totally throwing your life away for one person's needs, but, but would you be willing to go a little further then you might be comfortable to help someone out. People are broken. We all are. But you can be a light to someone's situation. And finally, are you taking responsibility or are you taking the credit? This Samaritan shows up to the innkeeper's place and drops these two silver coins. This is like hundreds of dollars. He says, take care of him. Make sure he's all good. He says, keep the change. If the guy is feeling a little bit better and cracks open to the mini fridge, don't worry, I'll cover that too. The Samaritan is just so radically generous. What's beautiful about him is that he was expecting nothing in return. This is generous love. He was generous with his time. He was generous with his donkey. He was generous with his kindness. He was even generous with his money. This is the whole life generosity that we're talking about. And so for you, when you see someone, when you see an opportunity to show God's love, to be generous with your time, I want to encourage you to give without any strings attached and to give of yourself without expecting anything in return, okay? This, there's, there should be zero return on investment when you give your time. You should expect nothing. Just know that God's watching. And if the person appreciates it, if they say thank you, that's awesome. If they don't, it's okay. God's watching. This is a kingdom moment that you're in. This is the generous life. I'd like to invite the team to come up and join me. I remember this one day, I was in my backyard just uh, doing some yard work. I was probably like picking up after my dogs and, uh, you know, cutting the lawn. I, I guess this is how I cut the lawn. Um, but I was, um, I was out there in my backyard doing my thing. I think I had my AirPods on, you know, listening to a podcast or something. And then I heard a voice kind of in the distance saying, hi. And I like, kind of looked around uh, and I took my AirPods out and it was my neighbor. And so I walked over and I turned to my neighbor and I was like, hey, how's it going? And she asked with her quiet, uh, middle-aged voice and asked me, 
Matt, do you, do you want some tomato plants? Um, yes. Y yes, I do. Yes I, yes, I want tomato plants. Of course. Great. Uh, and so I walked over to her yard, and uh, she hands me a Tupper tote of tomato plants. And I'm talking about like a full-size, like Rubbermaid. Like, it was ginormous. There were so many tomato plants, and I, I didn't know what to do with them. But I, I, I grabbed them and talked with my neighbor a little bit, and then took these tomato plants over to my house and kind of set them up in our backyard, you know? Um, it was great. The next day, I'm walking by, and I see my neighbor again. And she, she turns to me, and she's like, Matt, do you want more tomato plants? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I, I love them. I can't get enough tomato plants. I need more plants, please, okay? Please. And so I walk over, and guys, she gave me another Tupper tote of tomato plants. I think I had like 25 of these tomato plants. Like, I didn't even know what to do with all of them. That was like putting them in like planter pots all over my yard, okay? It was crazy. But that second time, when I was talking to my neighbor, just, just for a few moments, she actually just opened up to me about a really tough place that she was in with her marriage. There was just some hard things going on and she felt so alone. So I was able to take some time to let her know that I was praying for her and for her husband, that she wasn't alone, that she, if she needed anything, that Morgan and I are there for her. And of course, I thanked her for her small farm of tomato plants I now receive. But it makes me think, what if I said no to the plants? What if I kept the AirPods in and just went off in my own business, preoccupied with my backyard duties? I might have forgot the most important thing to invest in, people. I would have missed out a beautiful kingdom moment that came afterwards. And now this won't happen every single time for you that you're interrupted, but sometimes it does. Sometimes God works beautiful moments into your everyday life. And can I just encourage you after hearing this message to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, to be interruptible, to be generous with your time. In a very practical way, to be interrupted, you first have to be available. What does it look like for you this week to make more margin in your schedule so that you actually have time for people? Are there some simple choices this week that you can do to, to change your lifestyle? What can you cut out or reduce this week? Maybe for you, it's watching 15 minutes less of Netflix every single day or putting time limits on the social media accounts on your phone so that your whole life isn't just in front of a screen and using that time to invest in people or invest in your family. Maybe for you at work, don't eat your lunch alone. You know, don't just eat your, your lunch in your car. Go into the restaurant. Be with other people. Go into your break room. Ask your coworker about their family, about their day, about what's going on in their lives. What time-consuming thing is in your life or in your schedule? Guys, we can't be generous with our time if we have no time to give. I want to challenge you this week. Look at your screen time. Look at your schedule. Change it up. Make more space, more margin. Margin is this word I've used a few times. Basically, there should be space between your appointments, you know, so that you're not stressed, for one, 
But if one goes long or if you're interrupted along the way that you can be fully present with that person and not distracted. If we all had a little bit more margin in our lives, God will fill it with kingdom opportunities, with opportunities to use his people to show love to others. I'm sure of that. Now, before I pray and and turn it over to the worship team today, I just had this thought that I couldn't shake all week when I was preparing this message. Maybe you're hearing this voice on like the live stream or right now in in this room and, and this whole message just kind of frustrated you a little bit. It's not that you don't have time to give. You just wouldn't associate yourself with that busy religious person on the road. And you're definitely not the Samaritan. Maybe you're hearing my voice today and if you're honest with yourself, you feel like you're the person that's been attacked by the robbers. You feel like your life in some areas are just, is just falling apart. Maybe you're just in church by accident. Maybe you've got lots of questions, lots of things going on. And if you're honest, you just feel like your soul is empty. Is there anyone hearing my voice and you're broken like that? I feel like one thing we don't talk about enough as, as this church, and it's one of our primary things, one of the most loving and generous things this church can do is just care for your soul. Is just show up and be there and share the truth of this message that we have. I don't wanna miss an opportunity today. If you're in this room and you've got so many doubts, so many questions, maybe you're, you feel so far from God this morning. Maybe you've turned your back on God and, and you've found yourself at this service today, or maybe you've never actually made a decision to let Jesus into your life, to change things up. Jesus is the Lord of Lords, the, the King of all things like we we're singing this morning. And if you let him into your life, he can start to make things right for you. It doesn't happen right away. Healing takes a long time. But I wanna encourage you, if you feel like you just need to kind of reprioritize your relationship with Jesus, let him in today. He'll make things right for you. That's the thing. You see, Jesus, he's the Samaritan on the road. He finds us when we're broken down. He finds us when we're half dead, not sure what's next. And he picks us up. He heals us. He restores us. He found me when I was in such a lonely and sad and desperate place and he picked me up and I'm sure he wants to do the same thing for you this morning. So together, I just want you, if, if you feel like I just need to make things right with Jesus today, just to pray a simple prayer with me in your head. You don't have to say it out loud or come to the front. This is just a short, simple prayer. That's just one of many prayers that you'll pray. And this prayer is this, Jesus, I give you my life. In just a second, I wanna encourage you in your heart, in your mind, just to pray that with me if you wanna make things right with God today. Jesus, I give you my life. It's not the only conversation you need to have with God, but it's one that gets things started, that gets the ball rolling. He wants to pick you up and restore your life today. Jesus, I give you my life. I'd like to invite you guys to stand with me this morning.
What can you do this week to free up a little bit of margin in your life to be available to be interrupted? For God to use your schedule, use your week for kingdom moments, to show God's love to people who need it. Can I pray over you, church? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that in this room is a group of people that's willing to be used by you, God. We want to be generous. We just don't know how. And I pray that you will allow us to change up our life ever so slightly for more moments to happen, God. We want to be interrupted. We want to be available for you to use us to show your love to God's people all around us. We love you, God. Help us to show our devotion by just being free by being available, by being relaxed. Use this church. Help us to live a generous life. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's worship together, church.